Hey everybody, it's Danny. I want to say thank you for tuning in to the Heartway Podcast. And I want to give a special thanks to those of you who are tuning in from really all over the world. We're so grateful that you are a part of our community and that you listen in on an ongoing basis. If you've been encouraged by what you've heard, I want to ask you to share this with a friend. You never know the impact that one of these messages can have in another person's life. And if you yourself have been impacted and you'd like to continue to partner with us to keep this work going, Check us out at heartwaychurch.com slash give. Every dollar that you give goes a really long way towards helping us do what it is that we do. Well, we love you. Really hope you enjoy the podcast. Good morning, Heartway. How are we doing? We're doing good, good, good. Hope everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving, got to spend great time with loved ones, family, friends, all that good stuff. Um, today, I just want to talk about a simple word called imagine, all right, or imagination, however you want to look at it. But the definition of it is to form a mental picture, idea, or concept of something. And we all have this power. But how often do we let that power of imagination lead us to negativity? So I want you guys to think about ways that you can bring affirmations towards yourself and create positive things of love, joy, and peace throughout your life. And just think about like a little child that has a nightmare and they wake up, mommy, mommy, I'm scared, I'm scared. You tell them, it's okay, it's just your imagination. We have that power to tell ourselves it's just our imagination, control our thoughts. So as that, let's close our eyes. Just imagine yourself being who you want to be in life. Nothing holding you back, being free, full of love, full of joy and peace. Let's take a deep breath in. Exhale out. Take another deep breath in. Exhale out. Take another deep breath in. Exhale out. Notice how you're feeling. If you're feeling peace, love, joy, beautiful. If you're feeling uncomfortable, anxiety, try to just relax. Now as we take our next deep breath in, I want us to start contracting our muscles in our body, sitting up nice and tall, pushing our feet through the ground, engaging our body as we are breathing. Exhale out, feel the strength that you have within yourself. Deep breath in, contract. Exhale out. Feel the strength. As this song plays, I want you to listen to the words. Imagine yourself being free, full of love, joy, and peace. Thank you for allowing me to see myself the way you see me. who you want to be in this world and understand the power you have with God to be that as long as you believe it faith without actions is dead we have to truly believe it and step in it every day believe it every day
imagine me. being that beautiful being that beautiful soul peace love and freedom just know you can have all those worries and pains be gone just trusting God thank you enjoyed that meditation. Thank you, Talon. You know what I love about Talon? Childlike simplicity. The childlike simplicity. You are a model for me. Thank you. Love you. And uh, Jenny, you're amazing. She's like, they're going to know. They're going to get a taste today of exactly what's coming in a few weeks. Like, no empty chairs. Standing room only. I love it. I love it. Well, did we eat a lot for Thanksgiving or not really? A little too much? Yesterday I made the mistake of getting um, the big box of 12 cookies from Crumble for a Friendsgiving. Oh man, I didn't even eat any of the food. I just had like four cookies by myself before anyone even arrived at the Friendsgiving. It was bad. So like... No, I didn't, I didn't, I was offered milk, but I was like, that's weird to take milk from someone's house as a guest, right? Like, like, can I have milk? It's, I don't know, it's weird. But anyways. So in the spirit of Thanksgiving, I figured it would be appropriate for us to talk a little bit about gratitude. Gratitude is uh, one of the most important spiritual practices that you can choose to cultivate as a human being that is devoted to uh, higher meaning and purpose and God and transcendence and connection, spirituality. Um, Eckhart Tolle says that gratitude is the key that unlocks the door to the spiritual dimension of life. There's one ancient philosopher by the name of Cicero who once said that gratitude is not only the greatest of virtues, but the parent of all others. Think about that. Not only is it the most important and the best spiritual value to cultivate, but this is what gives birth to the rest of them. Because the person who is grateful and who appreciates the simple things in life, generosity oozes out of them. It's the most natural thing in the world. Love is so easy for the person that is grateful. 
Kindness comes so easily to the person who appreciates the little things in life. Gratitude is something I feel like is the gift we give back to God for existence. You gave me life. You gave me breath. I get to exist. And the least that I can do to give back is gratitude. But in us giving this gift to God, God gives us a gift in much greater proportion. Gratitude itself is a gift of God's spirit coming alive within us. When we feel grateful, we feel calm. We feel peace. We feel relaxed. We're at ease. We're okay with life just the way that it is. So if you think of your perception as like a window through which you're seeing and experiencing all of reality, gratitude helps you to cleanse that window. So you're not looking out through like a dirty window and you can see life clearly for what it is. But you can't just force gratitude, right? You you can't just wake up one day and say, okay, I'm going to be grateful, especially if you're so used to just being negative and complaining, which most of us, that let's be honest, that's just how humanity is wired. We inherited this. not anything we have to feel bad about. Just recognize it and know that there's more to life than just you waking up pissed for no reason. I know your boyfriend cheated in you in your dream, but it's not real life, okay? You don't have to let that affect the whole day. I know that happens. Y'all are acting crazy. But... You know, we let all these little things ruin our day and we just get into this spiral of negativity. And it's hard when that's all we're used to to just say, yeah, I'm going to be grateful. It feels so fake, disingenuous. So I'm not telling you to do that. Don't force gratitude. Again, gratitude is just something that spontaneously, naturally arises within you as the byproduct of a deep interior life. Gratitude is the byproduct of a rich inner life that is lived in connection with God. Gratitude is the byproduct of awareness. Awareness simply means you understand who you are underneath the current of uh, thought and emotion. So it's discovering your true self. Right now we're identified with that voice in our head, which is the ego. And anything it says is what we go with as the truth. Awareness is being able to become the observer of your thoughts and emotions so that when you're with somebody and the thought comes up, oh man, this person's just full of himself and he's a jerk and now you're not listening to anything that they're saying because you're just projecting all this stuff onto them. You're aware enough to recognize, oh, this is, this is my ego. This is a projection. This is me putting some stuff on them. Let me just ignore these thoughts that intrude. Isn't it true that sometimes thoughts are intrusive thoughts? Like you don't want them there, but they just show up. They come and we take them as truth. Awareness is being able to break out of that very limited paradigm of your current level of perception so that you can see what's always been there, but you've been blinded to because of ego, because of your negativity bias. So gratitude comes up in your life naturally, spontaneously, authentically as a byproduct of this connection with God. When you discover that you are love, any voice that is not love in here, you know not to take it seriously. It's just not real. And it's a belief system that's going to take you deeper and deeper into suffering. What do I mean by suffering? You're going to live a miserable existence, just mad all the time and angry and sad and anxious and just weighed down by all these heavy emotions. Gratitude sets you free from all of that. When I also speak about awareness, it's important to recognize how brief life is, to be aware of the brevity of life. Gratitude comes very easily when you recognize that life is here one moment and it's gone the next. When you see the beauty of existence for what it is, when you're in awe of the mystery of life, life is a mystery. People are a mystery. You are a mystery. So this is like an adventure. We spawned into this video game. It's a wonderful adventure. It's an, it's an MMO. It's open world. You can go wherever you want and just explore and be curious And watch where you go, because there may be like a monster in that cave that'll eat you alive. You know what I mean? I used to love video games. I know this is only connecting with one person in the back who plays. (laughs) But my point is, engage life with a sense of curiosity. This is an adventure. Everything is something that you can be grateful for. 
There's a Trappist monk by the name of Thomas Merton who says, to be grateful is to recognize the love of God in everything. Everything, everything, everything. To recognize the love of God in everything. To see life as a gift. Every day, if your priority is just to be the most authentic version of yourself, to ease into the day by resting in God. It's that simple. Just today, I'm going to rest in God. Whatever happens, happens. I'm not going to argue with it. Whoever comes my way and makes life difficult, I'm going to be grateful for them because this is the love of God teaching me some things, molding me, helping me learn how to work with different personalities. The quicker you learn how to deal with all kinds of personalities, the better your life is going to be because people are what make life difficult. So if you can learn how to master the art of people and relationships, that will help you because when you go to work, there's going to be annoying people at your job. Some annoying people live with you, okay? There's going to be... So the, the sooner, the better, the sooner you learn how to work with people and different personalities, which it all comes down to not judging. It all comes down just to not judging and being empathetic. You have no idea. Some of you do have an idea, but I am shocked. I am shocked at how powerful um, it feels to not be an emotionally reactive human being. It's not something that I ever thought could be possible for me. As I mature, as the years go on, as I go through more experiences, the less and less emotionally reactive I am, the less power other people have to control and manipulate me. What a thought. So now it's just like you, when you see through the facade, because you're always meeting the person's mask first. You're always meeting that first. So you, you pay attention to see some where the inconsistencies and incongruencies are, and that's actually their true self coming out. But normally, you're only ever dealing with the, with the mask. And when you start seeing what's beneath the mask, if it seems a little ugly, if it seems like they were hiding something, you're okay with it. You don't feel threatened by it because you know how to work with it. So this is something that we can be grateful for. When through our interactions with other people that are difficult, we learn more about ourselves we learn more about e our emotions, and we learn how to better uh, work with people, whoever they are. So sometimes I like to think of challenging people like bulls, and I'm the, uh, what do you call the guys that like do the, the matador or whatever? Right, right. Yeah, you know how it is. It's like, oh, man. Yeah, so that's all it is. Somebody charges at you, we think I got to charge back. May the strongest bull win. No, no, just get out the way. And let the bull run circles and do like fun things and you laugh and you smile. Yay, ole. It's fun. So we can walk through life with an attitude of gratitude or we can walk through life with an attitude of entitlement. Okay, so an attitude of gratitude, I am not owed anything. What a privilege it is to be able to live to breathe, to be alive, to enjoy, to imagine, to create, to play. What a privilege life is. You wake up with that sense, that awareness deep down in your core. It is a privilege. An attitude of entitlement, on the other hand, is I deserve more. And because I think I deserve more, I demand more from other people and from life. I think that I should have more than other people. I think I'm better than other people because of what I've, what I've got and what I don't have. So an attitude of gratitude helps to immerse you in the present moment, which brings contentment. An attitude of entitlement is going to always keep you focused on some future that will never get here, and you're going to live in fear and anxiety. And you'll be in a constant state of dissatisfaction. So gratitude brings contentment. Entitlement brings dissatisfaction. You'll never be pleased. You'll be so hard to please. There's a story in the Gospels where uh, Jesus is walking by a, a town and there's a couple of lepers. Lepers were like outcasts in that society because their sickness was um, very contagious. 
So this disorder they have, if they would touch you, you would get it too. So the lepers were told to get out of the city. And uh, Jesus was walking on the outskirts, and these ten lepers were yelling at him and saying, please have mercy on us, have mercy on us, heal us. And so Jesus says, go and show yourselves to the priest. And so they all go to the priest, and the scriptures say that while they were on their way, they were healed. However, only one of the lepers noticed, recognized what had happened, and turned back to give thanks to this man who just blessed him with the gift of his health. I wonder how many of us are missing out, not noticing, totally asleep and blinded to the miracles that are happening in our life, things that we once hoped for that now we're living in, but we take it for granted. And sometimes we don't appreciate things, things until they're gone. And at that point, it's a little late. Appreciate them now while you have them. Appreciate this now while you have it. This season right here that you're in, so much for you to enjoy in this. So much for you to, even with all the problems, even with all the issues, there's so much for you to enjoy in this special season. One day you'll look back and be like, wow. So much was going on during that time. Gratitude is what will help you see that. If you're entitled, you'll take it for granted. You'll miss the miracle. So I went on a cruise a couple weeks ago, had an amazing freaking time. <laughs> I had a personal butler. I had a personal butler, guys. Some of you are like, yeah, we're used to that. I'm not, okay? So... There would be any time, wherever I am on the ship, if I get the Virgin uh, Voyages app and I shake my phone like this, that butler will come find me wherever I am on the boat with champagne. Oh wow. So anyways, I was just living it up. I was living it up. And uh, one of the great joys of my trip was meeting a guy named Donovan. Donovan has been blind from birth. Is there a picture of me and Donovan? I took it from my memories. I didn't even think I would ever share this, but yeah, so that's Donovan. And this guy used to be in the Olympics, in the, um, what, the Paralympics? Yeah. And he's won in the Olympics before. He travels solo all over the world, and he happened to be on this trip on this cruise, and he asked one of the staff members of the boat to uh, introduce himself to us. So he asked one of the workers to bring him into this group I was with, and he wanted to talk to us and introduce himself. And when he started sharing his story, I was so pleasantly surprised at his joy, the sheer joy that emanated from this being was such a light I heard a definition of joy the other day that I think really um, defines Donovan to me. This definition said that joy is the happiness that does not depend on what happens. That is what Donovan lives out. And what was amazing to me on top of all the adventures he goes on by himself and he works full time and he was in the Olympics, he has the best sense of humor. He actually laughs and makes jokes about himself being blind. I couldn't believe it. So I actually asked him after the cruise if he would like retell one of the stories that he shared with us about a church experience. And uh, he sent me a voice memo. I want to play it for you because if I try and like, you know, tell it, I'm going to mess it up. But I just I just want you to hear his voice. I just want you to hear the joy inside of him, and hopefully it'll move you like it did me. And this story is wacky. <laughs> he had an experience in a church, of course. And I, Gabby told me, Gabby said, whatever you do, don't tell anyone you're a pastor. <laughs> I told everyone I'm a pastor on that boat. So what do you do? I'm a pastor. <gasps> One's like, no, no, tú tienes mucha novia. So I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> All right. Here's Donovan. Here's Donovan. 
happening. <clears throat> I would be up skiing, but since I just had knee surgery a few weeks before, wasn't able to do that. So I agreed to join a friend of mine at church. Now, this was the New Joy Church in, I think, Richmond, B.C., and it's a um, fairly, we have a fairly high uh, uh, Asian population, and this was primarily Korean, I guess some form of Baptist, I'm not sure uh, what sect, anyway. So I go to the church, and the minister, the pastor, um, spends the next two and a half hours, a combination, a weird combination of screaming from the pulpit and mumbling. Also, at one point, even says, uh, it's, you know, December 30th, you should get your offering in by the end of the year, because remember, it's tax deductible. I'm thinking, that's relatively tacky for church. At the end of the sermon, my friend and I walk up to towards the front of the church, where he was hoping to connect with a couple of other of his friends. At that point, we're basically accosted by two women and a man who asked me what my name is, how long I've been blind for. I tell them I was born blind. At that time, I thought I had no retinas. Now I know that it's, um, my retinas just don't work. So, but this goes to part of the story. And I tell them my name's Donovan. Anyway, they proceed to ask me, can we pray for you? And I kind of thought for a second, I, I said, sure. In my mind, I'm, I guess I'm kind of thinking, you know, when in Rome, uh, what, what harm could this do? So I sit down. They tell me to close my eyes and they put their hands on me. And they say to me, please, Lord Jesus, give Donovan his retinas back. And I'm kind of laughing inside because I'm thinking this is so ludicrous. And if it had been any other situation, I would have jumped up, waved my arms in the air and says, praise the Lord, I can see, hallelujah. But I didn't think these people would take too kindly to that sort of joke, so I let them proceed. Anyway, they, they kept asking me, do you feel anything? Do you feel anything? And I said, no. Uh, like, I did feel energy, but I guess that's what you're supposed to feel when you've got people with their hands on you praying for you. And eventually one of them says, you know, maybe it's some sort of generational curse. Maybe something that your grandfather did. It could be as far back as Adam and Eve. And, you know, I totally disagree with that. But this keeps going. Feels like over five minutes, maybe ten. I don't know. And I thought, these people are in earnest. They are not going to give up until they get the miracle that they've come here for. So I thought, what am I going to do? I've got to speak their language. So I said to them, you know, folks, this has been very kind of you. But I honestly don't think this is God's plan for today. <laughs> and, and the prayer was complete. I still couldn't see. But I had a great story to tell the rest of the world. Isn't that awesome? Just his, to be able to go through. I was getting mad for him while he was telling me this. I'm like, they said, what? They did What? And he's here laughing about it, making a joke so lighthearted. Isn't that incredible? And he's blind. But he actually sees. He sees through the eyes of his heart. He has a kind of vision that a lot of us in this room don't have yet. That's why we're here. We wish we can have that kind of sight. And that we can see as clearly as him. But he's got something he's happy about. It's a gratitude that isn't dependent on objects. If you really want to deepen your gratitude, it's not about being grateful for something, for this or that. It's just about being grateful. Gratitude becomes your state of being. It's your way of life. It's who you are on the inside. And right now, yes, you're grateful to have this person or to have this wonderful object in your life. But if it's gone, the gratitude still stays you'll find something else to be grateful for because that's how gratitude works. And then when you're grateful, you realize there's an infinite number of things to be grateful for. You never run out of things to be grateful for. So now through gratitude, you're operating through a lens of abundance, not scarcity. And that abundance doesn't have anything to do with how much money's in your bank account or how many assets you own. It's about the riches in your heart. You have relationships that make you rich. You have 
breath that makes you rich. You have peace, and that makes you rich. That's what gratitude is able to do uh, for each and every one of us. There's a story about uh, Socrates, the philosopher. One of his disciples that he had been uh, training for years and years was finally ready to, to kind of graduate the school of Socrates and become his own teacher in his own right. But Socrates said, for all these years, you've been asking me a bunch of questions, and I've been giving you answers. In order for you to become a teacher, you have to learn how to find the, the answer within yourself. And so your, your final uh, test, your final challenge is to go out into that field, sit on that flat stone, and don't come back until you have something of value to share with me, something that is original, something that is your own. And so the disciple goes out, sits on that stone, and he starts thinking. And he starts going back on all the stuff that he learned in school and all the books that he read and all the things that Socrates told him. And he went back the first time and gave him a lesson. We're all connected. And Socrates says, well, uh, that feels regurgitated. It feels rehearsed. It doesn't feel new and fresh like it's coming from within you. Go back and don't return until you have something of value. And the man starts thinking again, and he comes back to Socrates and tells him something that was of no significance. Again, it was just secondhand knowledge. Finally, he goes back to that stone, and he sits there, and he gives up. He's like, I'm going to stop trying to find something smart and intelligent to say. I give up, because none of it seems to be working. And finally, in that moment, when he was able to sink into the present moment, get out of his mind, get into his senses, connect with his environment, he was just sitting there on an empty field on this stone, no one and nothing around him, and it hit him. There are no ordinary moments. And that was what allowed him to take that next step because he realized one of the most fundamental truths of life. There are no ordinary moments. Gratitude is what will help you see that. If life is just ordinary and regular for you, you're missing it. You don't see it. I'm talking about even the most insignificant little things. Those is, are the main ones. When someone that you love is gone, it's those little, little simple things and interactions that you'll actually miss the most with them. Sometimes when I am like with a group of friends, or even if I'm not close to people, but I just find myself in a room with folks that are adding value to me and uh, people whose presence I enjoy, I'll take a moment to have like a third person perspective to just like get outside of myself for a second to just appreciate what's happening. Because in my mind, it's like of all the connections that are possible, this is what life has chosen to bring together in this particular moment. Not only are we alive, but we're alive at the same time. And we could be anywhere on this big old planet, but we are here in this same room right now this morning talking to each other. What a gift. And then you start recognizing how fleeting and impermanent the whole thing is. The whole thing is that person is your best friend now. <laughs> They may not be next year for whatever reason, but you won't be surprised when someone goes if you weren't expecting them to stay. I don't expect anybody to stay with me forever. That's my job to stay with myself forever, and God will stay with me forever. Everybody else comes and goes, but that's not going to make me now shriek in fear. I'm going to open myself up in love and be grateful for you while I have you. We get so mad when people switch it up on us. Anybody had somebody switch it up on you real quick? Like, I don't know. They just switched it up. All of a sudden now, we were cool, and now you're talking smack about me, and now you're trying to do all these things. And what? please, somebody catch me up. What happened? Well, you're expecting people to always be the same. Is that a realistic expectation? Absolutely not, because you are not always going to be the same. You have switched it up on some people unintentionally. You have outgrown others. And so that person is with you now. They may not be forever. Appreciate them. And if the gratitude starts now, you'll be able to bless them when they go. If they decide they don't want to be with you anymore and they move forward, you will bless them as they go. I'm so grateful for the time that I had with you. And I'm grateful for what I'm able to learn in what our relationship is evolving into. Because our relationships with people that we love, they don't end. They just change forms. 
That person continues to live in your heart and in your mind. Anybody who's meant something to you. Sometimes, of course, we try and like pretend that person doesn't exist, whoever it is. But the more you actually try and shut it off, the more I know that you're probably obsessed with that person. <laughs> and, you're, and you are actually thinking about them. You're just trying to stuff it. So gratitude helps you to see the preciousness of each moment. There are no ordinary moments, and there are no ordinary people. Jesus said, you are gods. You are bearers of God's light, God's image, God's likeness on this earth. And your unique incarnation is totally rare, never to be repeated again. Because there's so much that had to happen in order for you to turn out like you. Like exactly you. There's so many things that had to happen in life for you to turn out to be exactly who you are right now in this moment. Cherish this version of you. Instead of shaming this version of you, you cherish this version of you. And begin to be grateful. So here's a little formula for gratitude that you can use whenever and wherever. Stop, see, savor. Take triple S, let's go. First, you got to just slow down, pause. Then you begin to notice and see and observe. And then you enjoy, you savor it. You can do this in any moment of any day. Peace of mind is only a moment of gratitude away. And when you are a grateful person, every moment in and of itself is total and whole and complete. If this moment right now is not complete for you, the next moment will not be. Doesn't matter what you get or what you attain. This moment here is total and complete as it is. To find that present moment peace, that present moment joy. Because this is the only place where you can ever get it. It's here, now. Not tomorrow, not over there. I met a guy uh, also recently on the cruise, good dude, and he said, Danny, I build my life around experiences and laughter. I was like, oh, you get it. You get it. I would add a couple more things to that list. We probably all would too. I would add good connections and relationships. I would add meaningful work to build my life around those things. And one of you are saying, aren't you a pastor, Danny? You didn't even say God. <laughs> really? No. God is found in the experiences. Come on, bro. God is found in the laughter. God is found in the work, in purpose. God is found in the relationships. It's not just you locking yourself in a room, reading the Bible for 10 hours. It's living life, enjoying your life. There's this old, um, what do they call it? It's like a, I guess it's like a theology statement or whatever. They would use it as like a catechist to, to, to teach children like the faith um, in the Presbyterian tradition of Christianity. I think it's called the Westminster Confession. And the first line is, how do you uh, glorify God? And the answer is, the glory of God is man fully alive. So for you to be fully alive, fully immersed in this miracle of life, loving all of it, all of it, all of it, not just the good, the bad too. You love it. You embrace it. It's a part of life. And you know what helps too to recognize that nothing you go through is only something you go through. Anybody been betrayed? Anybody felt abandoned? Anybody ever felt like someone hurt you really bad? Any, anybody ever been talked bad about? Anybody? Okay. So when you're in your room, I cannot believe that they're all saying this about me. And my life is so bad. And this person left me. And I don't mean to belittle it at all. I'm just doing, I like to do this for myself, to myself. But I honor your pain. And I know that we go through some serious things in life. But also remember, everybody does. And that helps to kind of, give you a, a newfound strength to be able to go through it because I'm not by myself. We all go through this. So 
Build your life around the things that matter. Uh, anybody ever uh, heard recently about this uh, scandal happening with the crypto exchange FTX? Right, so they named the, uh, the arena in Miami where the Heat play the FTX Arena. Now I guess I'm going to have to find a new name because that whole thing just blew up, right? And uh, I was reading an article on Yahoo the other day about the owner of a hedge fund that FTX would often borrow money from. And they found a tweet of hers from like two years ago that is very interesting. I'm going to read it to you, which also, it's also scary that People can go back and see things you've posted on the internet when you were a different person, and then it comes back to haunt you forever. Crazy, right? So fun, this life that we live. <laughs> so um, she wrote this. She says, there's nothing like regular amphetamine use to make you appreciate how dumb a lot of normal, non-medicated human experience is. And I feel her, though. I get you. You know, I get what you're saying. But I, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because... I feel like this statement encapsulates so much of how we all feel in terms of just normal everyday life. The, the ordinary, the mundane, that which is regular, sometimes we feel like we want to escape. We don't, we don't want to do this. It's too boring for us. It's not enough for us. We need that next high in whatever form that comes. We need to just constantly chase after the next pleasure, the next pleasurable thing in order to feel like our life has some sort of meaning. And we run away from ordinary everyday life. Spirituality is not about escaping reality. It's about going that much deeper into it, getting that much more attuned to what's happening in the present moment, being that much more immersed in your surroundings, in your environment, in your uh, conversations, in your meal, in your... Whatever it is that can help you forget yourself, that's why somebody will want to take amphetamine regularly to forget how dumb regular life is. You know what I mean? It's just forgetting about ourselves. It's losing ourselves. And there's ways to access these um, states of mind that don't involve unhealthy mechanisms that are going to end up affecting you in a negative way. So lose yourself in music, lose yourself in meditation, lose yourself in nature, lose yourself in a good cup of coffee, lose yourself in a wonderful um, time out with a friend. Whatever it is that you need to do, lose yourself, forget about yourself for a little while and just be grateful for who you are and where you are in life right now. I think what, what most of us find difficult when it comes to gratitude, even though it is difficult for a lot of us to be grateful for the good and the positive in life, but it's the negative stuff that we have a hard time being grateful for, right? That's the part where it's like, uh, how can I be grateful for this? How can I be grateful for all these problems that I'm experiencing? How can I experience gratitude now when this is all going on? And the way that I see it, the more intense the suffering the more intensely you should meet it with gratitude. When you meet suffering with gratitude, that creates peace. It balances your energy. It brings you back to ground zero. It transforms every negative into a positive experience. And you'll find the way to describe how that is so. But the way one teacher puts it, Ralph Waldo Emerson, he says, Cultivate the habit of being grateful for every good thing that comes to you and to give thanks continuously. And because all things have contributed to your advancement, you should include all things in your gratitude. Okay, so if you are a spiritual devotee, a spiritual student, your number one aim and goal should be transformation into the image of Christ. Everything that you experience in life, especially the hard and difficult stuff, contributes towards your advancement as you further and further progress towards that goal of Christ-likeness or however you like speaking of that. I like talking about it as being the most loving version of myself. So... You can be grateful for all the painful stuff that is 
aiding you in your advancement, getting you further along in your development. And this is where we get to find out how real and how serious we are about this spirituality thing or not. Because some of y'all are like, nah, we ain't doing all that yet. I'm not about that. I don't know what you're talking about. That's just, that's too crazy. Well, it's like Jesus said, if you're going to be lukewarm, you might as well not do it. Don't be hot and cold. Don't be one foot in, one foot out. Be all in. It is an abandonment. We're, you know, you come in here and I ask you to lose your life. <laughs> Die to yourself. You know? That's not normal. That's not easy. That's not something we just like to do. It's, it's going to involve devotion and discipline and abandonment and commitment and dedication. But once you, once you take that leap of faith and you entrust your life to God and you now understand that your life is a school and this is all just different lessons that you're getting so that you can evolve into the most Christ-like version of you and the most loving version of you, now you can start being grateful for all of it. You start being grateful when you're misunderstood, when you're hurt, when you're left, when you're forgotten, when you're spoken ill of, you're grateful. It's all contributing. It's all contributing. Uh, in the New Testament, Paul talks about a, a thorn in his side. God gave him a thorn in his side. Nobody knows exactly what he meant by that, but it was some sort of frustration or annoyance. Some people guessed that it was a group of people that were giving him a hard time in one of the churches that he started. And they were like a thorn in his side. It was just an annoyance and an inconvenience dealing with these people. But Paul says that every time I would ask God to remove this thorn, God would just say, my grace is sufficient for you. And then he came to realize God actually gave me this thorn so that I don't become conceited. Because he's shown me so much. I've gotten so much wisdom and revelation to humble me and bring me back. Here you go. Deal with this. And all these people are going to see you dealing with this publicly. And they're going to assume a whole bunch of things. And you're going to have to live with it. That's it. Because the thorn's not going away. But you, once you learn the lesson that comes with the thorn, you appreciate it. You genuinely appreciate it. You're grateful for it. David Stendhal Rast, he says, uh, true gratefulness is courage to give thanks for a gift before unwrapping it. So that's how I perceive um, suffering, right? It's a gift that I am going to say thank you to God for before I unwrap it and really see what kind of a gift it is. Because it doesn't look like a gift. Somebody's like, here, here's this mess, you know? It doesn't feel like a gift, but gratitude is learning how to say thank you for the gift before unwrapping it. And once you start realizing that these gifts come in some ugly old packages, you start becoming familiar with it. It seems normal to you, and you'll be able to be grateful before you even know what's in the gift because you know what's inside is going to be so valuable for you. There's one last story I want to um, speak to you about in the Hebrew Scriptures about a man named Jonah. So God gave Jonah a mission. He was supposed to go to a town called Nineveh to preach a message on God's behalf, and uh, Jonah didn't want to do it. So he tries to escape and go the complete opposite direction that God had asked him to go. So he gets on a boat, and that boat is going the complete other direction. All of a sudden, there's this huge storm. The wind is raging, and everyone on the boat is scared. And they start thinking to themselves, wait, Jonah was telling us a story that he was running away from God. You idiot, this is your fault. You're running away from God, and now we're on this boat with you, and we're all going to die because of you? So somebody came up with the brilliant idea of throwing the guy off the boat. So like, so like you're, you're off, you're gone. So they throw him off the boat, and he gets swallowed by a great fish. And he's there for a while. And then all of a sudden, the scriptures say that while he was in the belly of the fish, he starts to pray a prayer of thanksgiving. Somehow, he is able to tap into the power of gratitude. And it was at the moment of this prayer that the fish spit him back out onto dry land, exactly where God wanted him to be the whole time, by the way. <laughs> so that is the power of gratitude. If you find yourself in a dark 
isolated place. Gratitude is what will bring you to the light. Gratitude is what will show you that the light was actually there the whole time. Let's pray. God, we are grateful for the good and the bad, for the positive and the negative. We are grateful for it all because it all contributes towards our transformation, our evolution, our advancement. As we seek to become more like you, help us to take advantage of every circumstance that we go through. Help us not to take on a victim mentality, but to recognize that there are gifts that come in many different forms. May we not take any of these gifts for granted, but may our hearts be filled with appreciation for the simple things in life, for the people in our life. God, we are grateful, and we ask that you would help us to see the abundance all around us and within us from this point forward. Amen. All right. Love you guys. Have a great rest of the week. Catch you uh, next Sunday.